this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. I can't know. I cannot continue to talk to you about that. I want to know. I can't talk to you about it. We had an argument at the end of the podcast that I'm telling you, Stu jumped ugly on. I I really would like to know. No, please. He's a guy who wants to keep the the P in Pasaki silent. And I say silence no more. Mm -hmm. That family has kept that that letter down for far too long. And uh, Jen Pasaki, not on my watch. Not on my watch. It's brave. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of brave Katie things. Katy Perry's going to write a song there's, about you soon. <laughs> there's a lot of brave things that are happening today. We start uh, the uh, program with the new biological terms. Uh, I'm sorry. The ah, new, this is amazing. Not biological. The new uh, genders. gender mm-hmm. terms uh, from NYU. See if you can pick the ones that we just made up. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, th- then uh, in the second hour, we talked about reparation with Bob Woodson, a really important uh, interview. Then we went into why Merrick Garland is so important that you really understand why he was selected and what that means, which rolls in to Clarence Thomas's uh, his descent yesterday on the Supreme Court not hearing the Pennsylvania voter fraud case and what the House did do. What did they do? Well, they're trying to silence Fox and anyone like them threatening the cable companies and the cloud services and everything else, telling them that they're going to have to reevaluate their relationship with these companies if they don't silence these voices because they're spreading too much disinformation. And what is that disinformation? Well, that leads us to H.R. 1, House Resolution 1. You don't want to miss a second, even though it ends tragically racist. Uh, it's not. Stu- it is. No, it I is. never say anything. This question no. alone is racist. You'll hear it on today's podcast. Now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pat, uh, your wife and you started a new cookie company. We did, which is a delicious. Mm-hmm. What's Best the name cookies. of it again? Kexi. Kexi. Now, what used to be uh, scrumptious. Yeah, but you couldn't spell that but, one. But everybody can spell. <laughs> but everybody can. What the K E K S I? It's real easy. It's real easy. Kexi. Once you know it, it's real easy. I would say, like, I wouldn't. I would. I was thinking there was an X, and I like that. There's not an X. Well, if you do the X, it'll redirect. 
to oh, a K. Yeah. Okay, so good. Kexi. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if you know this. Now, there are some things that in political correctness that are ridiculous, uh, but I think this is one of them. Or is it? Uh, in uh, Dutch supermarkets, they have uh, just gotten rid of a cookie. It's, it's apparently a very big deal. It's like our Oreo. No cookie aisle can be without Oreos in America. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. Or chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, in Dutch supermarkets, it's the Joden Koken. Joden Koken. Joden Koken. Yeah, sure. Joden Koken. It's a good name. It's a you short. Should, you should name your, your Joden Koken. Joden Koken. Yeah. yeah, that's easy to spell. Jodenkoken.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't take it. Uh, they're shortbread discs. Uh, and uh, apparently... Uh, Joden Koken translates to Jew cookies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How have they gotten away with that? Yeah, well, I guess the, 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 wow. their ADL over there, which is the, uh, watch group, watch group, group for, I, I don't, Dutch Jewish watchdog group on anti-Semitism. I don't know. And then the Jewish, mm-hmm. yeah, you should name the your cent- the Dutch watchdog group on anti-Semitism. <laughs> and then the Central okay. Jewish Board of the oh, Netherlands. Think about that. Uh, they have spoken out and say we don't have a problem with Joden cookies or Joden <laughs> Joden Koken. So their version of the ADL is saying like we're cool yeah, with Joden cookies. Cool with we like it. Joden Koken is cool. This is this is exactly what's happening all over. Mm. I can guarantee. It. Well, I mean, it's it's they're Dutch, so it's white people. Who are like, we know better than the Jews. We're taking right. Joden Koken off because it's offensive. And the Jews are like, no, it's not. We don't have a problem with that. It's like the Redskins thing here right. in America. Yeah. Where like these Native Americans were like, yeah, actually, we, t- we really like it. We're fine. Or, but I mean, when you say it, when you're like, hey, pass those Jew cookies over. I mean, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't. It doesn't sound good. No. So we got that going for us. We also are having the, did you guys see the, that now they're asking for the Jeep grand cherokee the jeep cherokee to change their name of course, of course. they are of course they are <laughs> which was interesting and if you read the <sighs> article what i which I, what i thought was fascinating about it because they they're like the native americans are now saying they want uh, no more they don't want jeep to be calling it a cherokee anymore and it was the head of the cherokee nation mm-hmm. the cherokee tribe Jer- the, the so proud oh, to live so the ones that are so proud to die yes. didn't start him on that 70s song you know, again they took the whole cherokee oh. nation <laughs> And they this. put them on that reservation. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah. It took away their way of life. You know the tomahawk and the, and the bow and, and the knife. <laughs> Cherokee people. Okay, but, thank but, you. But when you read the article, it seems to be that the journalists just like called up the Cherokee Nation and go, "Hey guys, are you mad about the Cherokee thing? Like, it wasn't like st- it didn't seem to be started by the Cherokee Nation. It like, never is. The journalists are like, "Hey, shouldn't you guys be pissed about this?" And then a guy was like, Jeez. "Yeah, we're pissed about this." It seems like it was like generated from the side of the media. Yeah, of course it is. Which is of amazing. Of course it is. Amazing. Of course it is. By the way, did you notice scattered showers of journalism yesterday in the State Department briefing? Yes. Did you? Yes. Do you, do you have that audio? I have it here. I don't think I do. Okay. I don't think we have uh, that. No. Yeah, let me, uh, y- y- you have it? Uh... <clears throat> no, she doesn't have it either. Okay, hang on just a second. Nobody I has. have it. Just, just to bring up my computer. Here it is. This is fantastic now i want you to know it's amazing yeah this is this is audio uh from an ap an associated press journalist and i think that demonstrates state department uh, that our strategy including the legislative strategy the strategy that of course congress um is um uh has been behind um has been working to good effect 
So we'll continue to work closely with Germany. We'll continue to work closely uh, with our other allies and partners uh, in Europe to uphold Europe's own stated uh, energy security goals. Hmm. It's a bit disingenuous to claim credit for the 18 companies winding down. All of this work was done under the previous administration. Matt, you guys I'm, have only been wait, a month. Wait, what? I mean, only been in office wow. for a month, I, I, right? Are you telling me that in the last Matt, four I'm, weeks, these 18 companies all of a sudden decide to say, oh, my God, we better not do Matt, anything with I am, I am speaking for the United States. You guys are taking credit for stuff that the Matt, previous administration Matt, did. Right? I, I, I am, not, no? I am yes speaking no? for the Department of State. Wow. Okay. The all people right. who have been working this, okay. the people who are working this now, were the same people a month ago, were the same people... Three months ago. Three months, months ago. ago. So okay. I. Right. <laughs> he got him to kind of admit he it. He got him to admit it. He got him to admit it, which is nice. But uh, that'll be the last shower that we have today. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it will. Is anybody watching uh, WandaVision? I love it. Oh my gosh! Is that the most creative show on Did television? You see after the first episode, how many people panned it? And I was like. Uh, I don't understand it, but I wouldn't pan it. Yeah, me too. They're too I, smart of a company to right. do something this bad. Well, the first two episodes were so weird because they're just a 50s and a 60s sitcom with yeah. a laugh track. Yeah. And you're like, I don't get know it. if I get it or not. Yeah. But it all ties together. And you know it's going to because it's Marvel. And it's so good. The way it ties together and what they do with it is so creative i've never seen anything like it now i have a 15 year old son who is way deep into all the hidden clues oh so it's really fun to watch with him because they leave like, a lot of easter eggs right yeah lots lots he's stopping it all the time do you know what that means you know what that means that means it's really a very cool co- uh, show if you're into the marvel thing which our in-house a little black rain cloud <laughs> stupid <laughs> gear is not. No, I had um, I had uh, Spider-Man uh, underpants when I was like four, <laughs> and I liked them then. And now I've now I'm an adult. So uh, by the way, The Simpsons, <laughs> Harry Shearer. <laughs> I've got the Spider-Man into the universe yeah. or oh, into okay. the Spider Verse yeah. underpants now. Yeah. Okay, that's much more. I bad. have the Depends. Okay, do you have the Depends? Those yeah, are nice yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Simpsons, they have Harry, spider webs on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Harry Shearer oh, has mm. said that he's not going to play Dr. Hibbert anymore on The uh, Simpsons. Has he said it or did they just announce it? Because he uh, came out. According to the rap, Harry Shearer, who is white, will no longer voice the black character Dr. Hibbert. He will be replaced by Michael Richardson. Bless the hearts. Thank next Sunday's episode. It's been so offensive. Oh, Shearer so had offensive. voiced, does voices of Ned Flanders. Is is he a Christian? Really, honestly, is Harry Shearer a Christian? Why should a why should a non Christian play that role? Shouldn't a Shouldn't. Christian? Yes. And principal is he a he plays principal Skinner is, is he a real principal is he a real principal no <laughs> no that's where we're getting so there is yeah, no quote from him at least in this story <laughs> no. so I don't know if they just took him off of that well no because I remember covering this just a few months ago and Harry Shearer was asked about uh, about all of this because uh, Hank Azaria had stopped doing Apu that was what started this right and he was he said he goes he goes speaking to Times Radio he said. Quote, I have a very simple belief about acting. The job of an actor is to play someone they are not. That's the gig. Right. That's the job description. Right. 
Um, he said, Not anymore, though. Yeah, but I, so I, I don't think he was in favor of this. I mean, this was August of last year, so this is not a long time ago. Uh, Would it be great when when the cameras start to roll on people who are just normal people and nobody's really extraordinary at anything mm-hmm. and the movies are kind of dull more like <laughs> like like real life yeah kind of like those conservative movies 10 years ago yeah that'll like be that good. that'll be really good and that'll be good when only dead people could play dead people mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i like that he's not have... winston churchill yeah he's not so he's not. no churchill movies from here on out <laughs> i mean can you can the person drawing apu be white can the person drawing dr hibbert be white well you wouldn't have a white person do that because they're yellow well, Dr. Hibbert is, is not brown. Yet. Yes. Yeah, but Homer and his family, there are no white people it's, in that. It's just no. the voice, though. Right. That's the only thing that matters. Like, obviously, this is going to be expanded afterward. It, it just has to make, be. None of this makes any sense. Has to be. We sit here and we talk Keep about these things that, that mean nothing. Yeah. All Keep the time. Remembering and it that. just keeps getting worse. Well, mm-hmm. how about, let's talk about not making sense. I think Joe Rogan said it all when he talked about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, did you see a mariachi band? Showed yeah, up in front so, of his... uh, so asinine. I would have, and they're demanding that he resign because he went to Cancun when it was cold. Really, <laughs> that what is was what it? Cancun this is was what jo- developed for. This is yeah. what Joe Rogan said, and I think this is right. What was he supposed to do? What was the reason for him staying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quote: <laughs> Can he make it warm outside? <laughs> and he you know cannot. what? Because of global warming, yes, he can. Oh, he can now? Mm-hmm. Yes. He's oh, hurting our environment. And he didn't. Right. But he, and, uh, didn't he didn't before he left. Yeah. There are no, I can guarantee you, oh, man. no one is hiring that mariachi band that is a conservative. Or a, or a Republican. Oh, no way. No, this is no all, way. All this controversy is all them trying to do their yes. best to destroy him. Yes. Try desperately to get him on. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk to him about this. He should not be apologizing for it. Nobody no. who is a supporter of Ted I mean, Cruz cares about this. He's a smart enough politician to know this is going to cause him unneeded pain yes. in his career, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I understand. Stupid and like, political it, yeah, mistake. Exactly. And if you, if you looked at his Instagram feed all weekend... It was just nonstop him. Get, it just he's just got cases of water. He's walking around every place yeah. in, in in Texas. And to me, that and yeah. it's like, that looks weak. To me, well, that, it does that looks because it like, looks it looks like he did something wrong, and now yeah, he's trying he to make didn't. up for it. He and didn't. he didn't do anything wrong. He he's didn't. done that stuff for uh, but other you know disasters. What? There's a lot. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he's been he's been working those things. He was fantastic at the border. Uh, at the border, mm-hmm. he was fantastic on the hurricanes that have yep. rolled yeah. through Texas. Yep. He's fantastic. This one is. I don't have any power. We don't have any water. What do you say we leave here? Because there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do. And I have a telephone <laughs> that I can keep in my pocket. <laughs> and it works on the beach or any place other than space. I believe it was our own Elijah Schaefer who said that, he, that Ted Cruz was just working remotely like all the public school teachers. Oh my god. That's <laughs> is great. A good... That is fantastic. <laughs> that's that was that's apparently that okay. It's great line. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All true. right. Thank you Pat. You can watch uh, Pat Gray, Pat Gray Unleashed live uh, before this broadcast or you can get Pat Gray Unleashed where we get your podcasts. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. One of one of the greatest men that I know who is just 
so brave in today's society. He is the founder and president of the Woodson Center and the author of a great book, Lessons from the Least of These. Bob Woodson is uh, with us now. Hey, Bob, how are you? Pleased to be with you again, Glenn. It's great to talk to you, sir. It, time has gone by so fast. I can't believe it's been a year since you started the 1776 Unites Project. We're really happy with the progress we've made so far That's in great. just one year. That's great. That's great. So, Bob, I want to talk to you a little bit about reparations, and I, I want to play the the other side uh, to see how you would answer these things. Um, okay. Right now, the, the country is going through uh, uh, all kinds of change, and the White House and the House has started hearings and a committee on reparations. What's the problem with reparations? Well, first of all, the, the, the key liberator for black folks in the past have been preparation, not reparations. And also, the whole issue of reparations is really to deflect attention away from the critical problems. First of all, just going into it in detail, who pays? Did you know that, uh, that, that the, the five Native American civilized tribes, they had thousands of slaves? Mm-hmm. They were free blacks who also owned slaves. Do, the, uh, do they pay uh, reparations? Uh, and so it, it gets complicated. Uh, but also... We have had rep, uh, reparations in the last 50 years in, in the form of poverty programs, $22 trillion we have spent that was supposed to be targeted to these communities where 70 cents of all the dollars went to people who served the poor. We created a commodity out of the poor, and now we're getting ready to create a commodity out of race uh, uh, blacks so, who will... So, so let me what's happening. let me let me play devil's advocate here um, and and push back on who's going to pay. It's really not about slavery, Bob. It's about the uh, inequality and the system that has been racist from the beginning. So it's not really about slavery. It's about the disadvantages that minorities, or in this case, African Americans, have had from the beginning. Well, first of all, they make the, the, the incorrect uh, statement that the problems facing blacks today, out of wedlock birth, crime and violence, and income inequality is, is related to the legacy of slavery and discrimination. That is just not true. And we, the, the fact is that blacks thrived uh, during the periods of Jim Crow, building uh, banks, hotels, um, the median income in, in Durham, North Carolina, 1940, uh, because of the Black Wall Street, was comparable to the income of, of whites throughout the country. So, and also today, Glenn, 3.5 million black Africans and Caribbeans, they live here. If racism were the biggest barrier, why do they have incomes comparable to, if not higher than whites, they have a higher education level? Uh, why is it that these uh, blacks who look like any other black, how is it that they were able to thrive and outperform blacks and Asians in terms of education? If racism were the culprit, then how do you have this as an anomaly? Well, but if you could just give African-Americans money, they would be able to change their their way of life. They'd be able to pull themselves out of poverty if you just gave them a, a big check, 
they would be able to use that to create a, a different life for them and their family. Okay, let's just, as if the problem, so let's just take an example. You have black men are 6% of the population, but they're 80% of the NFL and the NBA. Two years after these men leave basketball and leave professional football, they are bankrupt. 80% of them are bankrupt within two years. If money, if, if wealthy men are able to, so it isn't a matter of having income that defines your, your status, it's how you use money. And, and, and black Americans, uh, historically, like I said, there are examples uh, when, when we had the right attitudes uh, in, in place, we were able to achieve against the odds. In Chicago in 1929, there were 731 black-owned businesses and 100 million in real estate assets, even at a time when we were being um, uh, redlined. So if we were able to build medical schools, uh, dental schools, our own hospitals, our own hotels, our educational systems in five major cities where we had crumbling buildings, overcrowded classrooms, half the budgets as white schools, we out-tested every other white school in five major cities at the turn of the century and up until 1940. So, so, Glenn, if racism were the sole culprit, how is it that under worst circumstances, the de jure segregation, blacks were able to perform in ways where we had no control of the cities? So, uh, Bob, I, uh, in all sincerity, uh, I mean, we know that there are, are problems uh, in the country and there's there's growing problems, I think, within the system uh, of racism. And it goes it cuts in all directions Um, but the thing that really disturbs me is that we are telling people we're telling white people that they are racist they're born racist they can only be racist till the day they die Um, and we're telling black people you can't do it because these people are in your way and you need a third party to keep them at bay so you could accomplish something I think those are both so dangerous to teach people. They are, but Glenn, let me say that those people who are supposed to represent black people are not their representatives. If you look at the polls, 80% of blacks are against defund the police. According to a Pew poll, 60% of blacks do not believe racial discrimination is a principal barrier to their being able to achieve. So, so it is a lie that the, the people you see on television and those that are in the media supposed to be representing black people, they, they are part of the race grievance industry, and they, they, we have, again, monetized pain and suffering and injustice. They are the ones that white America are paying to give racially uh, race audits. Equity audits. They are the ones who corporations are paying millions of dollars to do equity training. You ask yourself, they should be compelled to answer the question. Look at the out of uh, wedlock births. Look at the violence in these cities. Tell me how uh, spending money on 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 uh, equity training is a solution to these problems. What we're doing at the Woodson Center is that we are mobilizing people within those communities to represent themselves. 
and we're raising money so we can demonstrate to people that the real answer to decline is not to demand that white people liberate us from ourselves, but that black America has to be agents of their own uplift. Uh, I just, in case you don't know who I'm talking to, this is Bob Woodson. He's the founder and president of the Woodson Center, uh, author of the uh, book Lessons from the Least of These, which is fantastic. He has been a community organizer in the best sense of the word for a long time, trying to um, uh, trying to bring people together uh, and teach principles uh, that actually empower people uh, for quite a long time. And he has he has stood uh, in the same place unflinching. Uh, and it's going to get harder and harder for him to stand. I, I got to believe that the the pressure you guys are facing right now, I have to believe, is enormous, Bob. Yeah, but it is. But um, I really think that that's one of the best of people. Uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Netflix, is spending $4 billion on race grievance. We need to mobilize our people to spend on the other side to empower people. Um, uh, for instance, Glenn, I th- that way we're not going to do this by, by just complaining about what the left is doing. We must Correct. have a ground game. And what we're doing is we're mobilizing two point, I mean, 2,500 low-income black mothers called Voices of Black Mothers United. They are standing up with the police against those who want to defund the police. Uh, and so I really think we've got to mobilize indigenous organizations, people who are paying the price for this race grievance uh, um, uh, 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 narrative that is being pushed. We must let the people speak for themselves. Uh, if, if you want to donate, I'm going to send them to Woodson Center. Is that good? That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. WoodsonCenter.org. Yeah. WoodsonCenter.org. Uh a really important work being done at the uh, Woodson Center, and we all have to stand together. We have to put race aside. We have to, you know, it's, I, I was pushing back on on uh, Bob on the um, reparations just to show that it doesn't it's not going to stop. It doesn't have to make sense. They have ways around all of your traditional arguments. Arguments are not going to work. You need to stay informed, but we need to get active and we need to be seen together working to solve problems in all communities. And Bob is a great, great example of working uh, in underprivileged uh, communities and empowering people. And I am proud to stand by his side. And I would urge you to get involved, even if it's just a donation. I know money is tight, but this is really important work. You're frustrated. You don't know what to do. Reach out to the WoodsonCenter.org. WoodsonCenter.org. Bob, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Thank you. And your listeners have been very generous in the past, and I want to thank them. They are a good group of people. And whenever you need a, uh, whenever you need a community to come out and work side-by-side side with you, anytime we can do anything to help stand side-by-side, side, not just be a wallet, but also be hands, you let us know. We'd love to work with you. Well, I'm going to take you up on it because we do need hearts and hands and wallets. You got it. Thank you so much, Bob. You let us know. All right, thank you. WoodsonCenter.org.
This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. If you are ready for some really great news, keep listening. Built Bar is back, and it is unbelievable. If you've been listening to my show this year, I love Built Bars. Uh, it's an all-American story. This is a client I asked to be on the show because I didn't listen to my wife again. And she's been telling me about it. But it has protein bar on it. And those always taste like a doormat. This is unbelievable. The mint brownie flavor. Oh, yes, baby. It is life-changing. The new bars taste better than ever. In addition to the 12 original flavors, Built Bar just added cookies and cream, carrot cake, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. I mean, it's just, it's great. Built bar delicious nutritious high protein low calorie high fiber low carbs 100 real chocolate and 100 really good plus they've reset the code for this new launch right now go to builtbar.com use the promo code back get ten dollars off your first order promo code back builtbar.com this is the glenn beck program and this is why shows like this podcasts networks like oan newsmax uh fox news even if we don't agree with each other on many things, it's important to have differing points of view. These are the kinds of things that when the government comes to squash us, you will no longer hear. The For the People bill is now in the House. It's H.R. 1. It is anything but for the people. It is for the oligarchs. And it is a federal grab of power, unconstitutional power, of the voting process. Clarence Thomas wrote his dissent yesterday. It was pretty clear what has to be done, but not according to Congress. They're going another direction. I want to introduce you to uh, Robert Charles. Uh, he's a spokesperson for AMAC. Full disclosure, a AMAC is a sponsor of this program. But I don't have sponsors on just to have sponsors on. Um, this guy has worked in national security and criminal justice for more than three decades, including Reagan and Bush 41 on the court of U.S. Uh, US court of Appeals, Ninth Circuit, staff director, chief counsel to the U.S. Uh, House National Security, International Affairs, Criminal Justice Subcommittee, unanimously confirmed by the Senate in 2003. He was Colin Powell's assistant secretary of state, INL, managing a $2 billion bureau focused on the rule of law, international police training, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've only given you a third of his resume this guy has credibility, and he is a spokesperson for AMAC, and they have been very, very involved in stopping HR1. Welcome to the program, Bobby. Hey, Glenn. It is a privilege to be on your program, and I, uh, I appreciate the intro. And, of course, I encourage anybody to join AMAC.us. Uh, AMAC it has 2.3 million conservatives out there, fastest-growing conservative organization in the country. But, boy, I am so glad you're on the air and happy to be with you. Um, tell me what H.R. 1 is. H.R. 1 is a travesty. It's an abomination. And you hit it pretty hard uh, right on with a, you know, your, your sort of soundbite there. The bottom line is it is the Democrat effort to reach for one-party control. 
and essentially take all the bad things that occurred in the 2020 election cycle and institutionalize them by pulling the uh, election process, which the founders, uh, as, as you so you know brilliantly have written about, but that the founders put at the state level, they want to pull it to the federal level. And what would it do? It would, it would do about 10 really horrific things. It would ban voter IDs. It would allow uh, mail-in ballots to become the standard. It would uh, create same-day and online registration for voters. It would make a one-party FEC, so you'd never be able to reverse it. It would create mandatory uh, early voting, DMV automatic uh, registration, so all illegals would be automatically registered. It would give you uh, felons would be able to vote. 16-year-olds would be able to register. Jeez. It would allow... Yeah, it's just crazy. And in fact, you know, the irony is both the Wall Street Journal and the ACLU, who agree on almost nothing, uh, agree that this H.R. 1, which will pass the House and uh, and could pass the Senate, is really an abomination. So, as... Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm not concerned. Well, they put everything in there. So I am concerned that the whole thing passes. But I'm also concerned about a reconciliation where the Senate says, oh, we can't pass this. And they water it down. Any of this stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, is unconstitutional. The federal government has no role in the way states vote. Well, that's exactly right. And actually, you, you know, you're, you're right to be worried about the Senate. Right now, the, the reason that it is likely not to immediately pass the Senate, but, but we've got to be fearful, is that you have two senators, Democrats, who are moderate Democrats, Joe Manchin and uh, Cinema, who say, hey, we don't want to get rid of the fil- uh, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't want to get rid of the uh, filibuster. And the filibuster means you need 60 votes in order to get a vote of cloture and get a bad thing to get out. Uh, if you drop the filibuster, this bill would almost certainly get out of the Senate. And and the sad part is it's not only unconstitutional, uh, it, it, it drives it, it actually hits political speech, too. It it actually tries to it reveals all the details of any conservative groups, contributors right down to addresses so that people can be doxxed. They can show up on your front lawn. Uh, it really intend it's a, it's an intimidation bill is what it is and I and I think I guess I am fearful because normally a bill like this uh, wouldn't have a prayer of getting out of either chamber but right now we live in surreal times as you so often say and you know we're in a tough moment right now HR one could get out along with other bills like HR one two seven that tries to confiscate guns I mean these are these are significant impairments to the Constitution. Tell me about that one. I mean, I well, honestly, I, I saw HR one yeah. come out the first week and I thought this yep. is a Hail Mary pass. They'll never uh, they will. They will get it. through. They will. Well, it'll, it'll, you know, let's pray and let's also work that that they don't get it through the Senate. And if the filibuster holds, I don't see them getting it through the Senate, just like H.R. 127. But, you know, these are stealth. You know, we have all this impeachment distraction. These bills were being crafted behind the scenes to get out as fast as they can get them out. And they will both pass the House. Uh, the the second one, this H.R. 127, allows confiscation of guns, uh, but it does much more than that. It says you can't buy or, buy a gun in the future without giving every detail about your home, including where the gun is stored. They'll all be made public. You have to have a psychiatric evaluation. You have to have That's a training crazy. course. Uh, mandatory minimums up to 30 years in prison if you don't get the license. So we're in an environment right now. I mean, there's a lot in that bill that people can be afraid of, and I am. Uh, but there, you know, we're in an environment where conservatives need to stand up. 
uh, and speak out. And, you, you know, you're an historian and you know that Edmund Burke was really right. All it takes for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. And we are in a position now where we have to not be those people who do nothing. So here's the problem, Bobby, is that people feel as uh, I mean, they they've been worn out. They've been worn out yeah. uh, and they feel as though the Republican Party doesn't hold their values anymore. I mean, are the Republicans going to actually mount something and actually carry through with their mission? And do they have a plan smart enough to actually pull it off? Well, the bottom line is that we, the people, have to give spine to those that, pursuant to the Constitution, are supposed to be doing our bidding. And we know that 75 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. We also know that probably another 40 or 50 million sat at home on their couches thinking all would be well and they love America, but they didn't vote. So the vast majority of Americans, I think, are on the right side of history. The problem is history will make itself if you don't help make it. And, uh, you know, I'm an old Norman Rockwell Republican. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Ronald Reagan Republican. Strong defense, good moral compass, smaller government, lower taxes. If we don't speak up for those things, they will be taken away from us. I am. I thought you said at first that you were a a, a, a Rockefeller Republican. I was really like, that's no, not no, good. No, no. <laughs> no, no Norman no, no, Rockwell. Yeah, I get Ronald it. I get Reagan. it. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me. And uh, again, full disclosure, he works for AMAC. AMAC is a sponsor, right. but you know me well enough to know I ask this of everybody who uh, talks like this. What are you guys doing about it? What can people in this audience do? Unbelievably. And this is why I love AMAC. I think it's the natural extension. The reason I work for them is that they are the natural extension of the Reagan approach. Yes, you get economic benefits like other organizations for those over the age of 50. But the main mission is they fight every single day. When I say fight, I mean they are submitting petitions. They are sending tens of thousands of emails. They are making phone calls around the clock to try to defend the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, Tenth Amendment. I write every day on AMAC. Uh, I don't write every day. I write every week, three times a week on amac.us. They push their publications out. We're on radio. We're on television. I mean, I'm regularly on Fox. The bottom line is this is an organization that is trying to stop bad things from happening with detail. In fact, people can become delegates. They can become actively involved. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, de Tocqueville was right. At the end of the day, Americans are unique because we do get involved in the civic process and we do try to fix problems. And I am an optimist. We we can fix these problems. Uh, and, and the natural law principles that are all embodied in the things AMAC defends, the Bill of Rights, those things aren't going away. They're given by God and they're out there. But we've got to fight for them because there are government people. I mean, I, you know the list of names that at the national level are trying to strip us of these rights. And, and these really are the precious rights that make everything else possible. Um, I urge you to join uh, AMAC. They are, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched this organization from the very beginning. They, they got into it when Obamacare was going and they, were, they realized what the competitive, uh, the competitor to AMAC was doing. And I talked about it on Fox and I'm like, this is crazy. Look at what's happening. They're, they're selling old people. They say they represent old people and they're selling them down the river. And AMAC came out of those days, and they are relentless. Uh, so join them. Find them at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S, uh, and, uh, and join them if you can. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it, Bobby. We'll have you on again. Right that. Thank you. You bet. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye.